Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and boy, oh boy, am I once again super excited about this episode. Today, I spoke with Molly Escobar, who is a doula in the San Francisco Bay Area, and she is a wealth of knowledge. Molly goes so in-depth as to what a doula is and why a doula can be so useful, specifically in the home birth setting, but of course, in every birth situation, a doula can just play such a vital role. So I am really looking forward to the interview. Before we jump in, I want to give a huge thank you to both of our sponsors today. We have Stephanie Sibio, who is the creator of Glowing Mama to Be, which is a weekly guide to a fit and healthy pregnancy. Training for labor and delivery is like training for a marathon, as Molly will talk about in this episode. We have to train consistently and specific to the goal of a safe and healthy delivery. This program comes with weekly workouts, featured recipes, and so much more to support you from six weeks all the way to birth, and it's broken up into three trimesters. So knowing how to eat and exercise properly when you're pregnant can be one less thing to worry about when you join Glowing Mama to Be. And this is the awesome news is that Stephanie is giving a 15% discount to all Happy Home Birth podcast listeners with the code Happy Home Birth 15. So that's all one word, Happy Home Birth 15. So please check out her information. In the show notes, I will have the link to that. Uh, it's glowing mama courses.thinkific.com. That will be in the show notes. And then I also want to thank, once again, Mama Moon Birth Photography. Ashley Moon is a birth photographer in the upstate of Greenville, South Carolina. She does maternity, birth photography, and filmography, lifestyle sessions, and newborn Fresh 48 sessions. Now, the way that Ashley shoots is very documentary-feely, so it just makes all of her photos so raw and so real and they are absolute artistic treasures. I can't sing Ashley's praises enough as I've mentioned in previous episodes. She's who we used for our first birth. She's who we're using for our next birth and she did all of our pregnancy announcement stuff. I just, I love her and I love her work. You can check more of it out at mamamoonbirthstories.com or on Instagram at mamamoon.birthphotography. Thank you. Both of these sponsors, you guys are so amazing and what you're providing for your community is unbelievable. If you would like to sponsor a show, you are welcome to send me an email over at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, K-A-T-E-L-Y-N. And that is also where you can message me if you would like to be interviewed for the show. Slots are filling up pretty quickly. I am loving this. We are like busting through April right now. So I'm really, really excited. Thank you guys for enjoying this show and thank you for supporting it in all the ways that you have so far. It's growing really, really quickly and I'm just so happy about that. We're about to hit 1,000 downloads and this is only in our first month. So if you guys would share this episode in particular or even just your favorite episode that you've heard so far with a mom that you think would be interested in the show and could gain some knowledge and insight via these um, podcasts, please do that. Please do so. I would love to see a thousand downloads by 
by month one. That is that would be just incredible to me. Um, I've got some merchandise that we are working on, so there are probably going to be some giveaways coming down the lane pretty soon, and I hope that you guys are all ready and excited for that. Um, Other than that, just sit back and listen to the show. Let's dive on into the interview. Molly, thank you so much for joining us on Happy Home Birth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I am too. And so for my listeners, I would love for you to just start by introducing yourself, uh, your family, what's going on in your world, and tell me about your business. Absolutely. Um, So my name is Molly Escobar. I am a certified childbirth educator, a certified birth doula, and a certified postpartum doula. Um, I am in the San Francisco Bay Area, actually Marin County to be exact, which is right over um, the Golden Gate Bridge on the north side. So I um, run a solo birth practice here in the Bay Area. Um, And I was born and raised here. Um, I live with my my partner um, in Marin County with our two little fur babies. And as far as business goes, I am booming. It is booming. Um, I am at births all the time, which can make for a pretty unpredictable day-to-day life. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So I am kind of all over the place, but um, loving every minute of it. That's amazing. So what is the birth scene like where you are? What are the trends? Yeah. So um, the birth world here, um, I'm very fortunate. It is um, very progressive. I see a lot of home births. I see um, a lot of people rallying together in terms of community and a lot of people getting ready um, for birth and, and, you know, educating themselves and having their partners educating um, their selves and um, really creating good, good community here. I'm very lucky. Oh, I love that. That's, it's really great when you're surrounded by a good community. I I can luckily say that where I am in Greenville, South Carolina, we have an incredible, incredible community for birth workers. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. It really does. It really, really does. Now we were talking before this interview actually started and you were telling me how long you've been working as a doula. Can you, can you tell the audience about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been professionally working as a doula, um, for about three years now. I kind of transitioned, um, into doula work after taking care of my own mom, um, through the end of her life. Um, and then it was kind of like this whole idea of motherhood was completely amplified and it was like, I just felt, completely called to, um, really support moms and, and get out there and, um, make it happen. So I did that. I started my business, um, about three years ago, quit my job. I was working for a tech company, um, the Bay area. I don't know if you're aware, but it is like all about tech. The tech is like what it is about. So I left all of that and dove in. I came home one day and I, I told my partner, I was like, I think I want to be a doula. And she was like, a what? And I'm like, a doula, sit down. Let me tell you about it. And so it was by the end of the conversation, she was like, I think you should quit your job. And I was like, me too. And so we (laughs) kind of, um, mind you, we had my, my partner's an entrepreneur as well. So she was like all about it. She was like, you 
can start your own business. I'm like, this is great. So I quit my job and dove into the birth world pretty headfirst. Um, and now I'm here. I had never looked back. I cannot believe that. That's so incredible. And and what a tribute to your mother and your relationship with yeah, her. That is, absolutely. that's really beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And so what did that look like, that transition from a regular day job to <laughs> entrepreneur doula? Yeah. yeah. You know, it was a lot of kind of that idea of like, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. I kind of, it took me a second. There was definitely a learning curve. Um, but again, it, it's really based upon community and really getting involved with my doula community aside from the birth world, but just kind of the, the close knit, um, doula community that is here in the Bay area. So being able to find kind of my space there and really setting myself, um, apart from, from some of the other birth stuff that's going on here in my community. So I actually, um, created a client portal. So I'm the founder of the birthing and beyond education client portal, which is an online community that I created for my clients, but also people all over. So expecting parents, not only in the Bay area, but all around, um, where they get a password, it's password protected. So you get a password and you're able to log in and really have a space to do research, um, have evidence-based information at your fingertips, community at your fingertips, um, and really kind of have, be able to utilize the soundboard aspect of a doula. So there's a whole chat area that you can kind of, it comes right to me. So you're able to really kind of brainstorm and, and create a game plan for yourself all while being supported, um, from anywhere. What a smart idea. Thank you. Yeah. So that was kind of my way of being able to really like, I, it was so great because, you know, it's like, okay, I'm making an impact in my community, but then I was like, what about everyone else? Like exactly need to be able to get out to other people. So having that, um, has been really a really cool tool, um, for myself, but also it it's able, it's created a, a way for me to create community elsewhere, not just here in the Bay area. I love that. And that's, it, it just resonates so well with me because that's exactly what I was feeling. I feel like there's such a need for community and it's something that we've just kind of lost in our modern era and Absolutely. being able to provide connection for people that are going through similar circumstances and situations to bounce ideas off of one another. That's just perfect. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, how long did it take you to kind of establish your routine? Um, you know, um, it, it's, it took a little bit of time. Um, that being said, I kind of, I fell into this pretty naturally. The caregiving role has always been something that I have found, um, to be kind of a natural instinct for myself. So I kind of was able, also I'm, I'm kind of a go-getter. So being my own boss, I was really able to like sit down and be like, this is what goes first. I have like a five-year plan for everything. Right. Go girl. So <laughs> it was kind of like, this is what I need. This is how I need to lay it out. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I just kind of ran with it. I really did. Um, so it did take a little bit of time, but now that I have kind of my baseline, it's, I'm able to apply that, um, to pretty much every, every birth that I'm able to do. That's amazing. Now, so I know that you offer the childbirth courses and prenatal doula services. 
What do you consider the benefits of doing childbirth education and having prenatal preparation? Yeah. Okay. So I, I really kind of, I, I use this analogy often and it's because I really feel like it kind of encapsulates it all in, um, the best way. So I always say, you know, you could go like, let's say someone came up to you right now and was like, go run a marathon, right? You could do it. You absolutely could. You might end up walking part of it. You might, um, it might take you longer. It might kind of hurt a little bit. You know, you might even hit your ride at some point. Um, it, and it's going to take you twice as long as if you were preparing for this marathon for like six months. Right. And if you do that, like your muscles are already stretched, you're in the mindset, you're going to make better time. You're probably not going to be in the same sort of, um, uncomfortableness that you would be if you just like woke up one day and was like, I'm going to go run a marathon. So, so I always like to utilize that because I feel that if you really do your homework and you really are able to find community and prepare for this life-changing event, right, you're going to get a lot better of a result than you would if you just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to do this. Um, that being said, our bodies are completely made to do this, right? So uh, give birth, not run a marathon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that being said, pairing the two, it's kind of like the triple threat, right? If you have the mindset, if you're physically and mentally prepared and you are a female getting ready to give birth, like you are going to really rock this. And so I like to really kind of emphasize the preparation in that sort of, um, light. If that I cannot think of a better analogy that is so awesome, perfect. Right? I mean, it's like, yeah, you could totally do it, but wouldn't it be way better if you prepared a right. little bit? <laughs> right. You little. could do it. You could do yeah. it. Do you want to? Yeah, exactly. And not to mention everybody's preparation is individualized. That's the beauty of it. So you don't necessarily have to go. I'm not saying like preparing for birth means you go and sit in this class for eight hours. Like if that isn't your jam, then like that isn't your jam. And maybe some prenatal yoga would be good for you or that's, that's the beauty of preparing for birth is it is individualized and you can really find your pocket of safety and your pocket of preparedness. I keep using like the ness. I don't know if those are even real words. Um, no, I like, but, nesses. Go on. <laughs> but you're going to be able to really find your, your space to, to prepare. And, and I think that that's kind of the beauty of birth, right? Is this is such an individualized process where everyone can really find the light. Oh, I love that. So what does your childbirth education program look like? So my childbirth education um, course is, a, which also is offered virtually too, by the way. So anybody can take it um, and I can do it online, et cetera. And what my um, course kind of covers is the overall, like what hap- what's happening with your body, um, ways to cope with surges and how to really maximize each wave as they come. Um, and really kind of being able to manage labor sensations. Um, we talk about partner plugging in and kind of being able to, to cope and, and making sure that they're feeling supported, um, and making sure that everybody's understanding what's going on. My goal is to never have anyone feel blindsided, right? Birth is incredibly unpredictable, but at the same time, I believe that I can kind of give you a rundown so that you are at least somewhat prepared and, and kind of feeling like, Oh, that, that's, that was normal. Molly told me, Molly kind of mentioned this, or Molly mentioned that this might happen. Those are all um, 
good and positive things, that means I've done my job. I think that is a great description. And you touching on the partner aspect, that is so important because, you know, the partner's never been to a birth a lot of these times. How, How can we expect them to know what we're going to need if we don't help them prepare as well? Absolutely. Not to mention the whole aspect of like watching their partner, you know, go through birth. That is something that, I mean, take it from someone who's a birth partner professionally, right? It can be tricky to watch someone who is, you know, sometimes not in the most comfortable positions or, you know, labor is getting, you know, harder or, and, or getting more intense. And that's sometimes difficult to watch, especially when it's somebody who you love and care about, right? As a doula, it's, I'm a third party, This is what I do for a living. But then I look over and these, you know, sweet partners are just like kind of looking at me, you know, like, is this okay? Like, is she doing okay? And having someone there to really kind of let them know like, Hey, this is okay. And this is normal. And she's doing a great job. This means her body's working. This means her body is progressing. And sometimes just having that is a wonderful tool for a partner. It kind of rejuvenates them. It gives them that power and that confidence to be like, okay, cool. Like we're on the right track, um, which is incredibly important in the laboring process, right? Everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's really got to be in the mindset of like this baby is coming and, and this birthing person's body is working incredibly hard. You're right. And I think that, that that laboring time can be something that either drives a couple together and that they remember as a beautiful moment forever. Or if there isn't that preparedness, then there can be fear and anger and intensity that, you know, that also won't be forgotten because you're never going to forget your labor. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's really neat that, that that's something that you focus on. Yeah. So I like to focus a lot on that. And I also like to really kind of focus on maintaining the hormones during birth, um, which I believe to be the catalyst of birth, right? So oxytocin is the number one hormone that is released um, in, in the beginning of labor, but that's what signals contractions to actually start happening. And it's crazy, but we can actually, you know, nurture and stimulate more and more oxytocin, which is a great plug-in for a partner because oxytocin is known as the love hormone. So oxytocin is boosted by having and experiencing love. So that's something that a partner can really do to, to help, you know, the process continue to not have contractions stall out to actually stimulate contractions, which there's nothing more productive in labor than having, you know, contractions, you know, being maintained and also being productive. Um, so that's a really cool way that I like to kind of plug partners in and kind of give them that superhero power. I'm like, here, you want to be the, you want to be the, the hero of the day. Let, let's work on boosting some of that oxytocin. That's amazing. What, what a great strategy because you're right. It gives them something to do. That's right. That's so important. And it gives them the importance that they truly do have all along that maybe if they don't know that they have, that they won't be able to tap into. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, the contractions, it's such a funny, you know, contraction is such a scary word, right? I always like to prefer, I prefer to use like surge or, or wave or birth sensation. And, and that being said, you know, it's hard to sit there and watch somebody, you know, 
it get more and more intense and know that that's actually what you're wanting, right? You're wanting it to get more and more intense. And so being able to explain that to a partner and let them know that like, actually, this is what we want. It gives them um, a more comfortable relationship with the sensations of birth and being on the outside of it. Um, and so I really like to kind of encourage, encourage partners to get comfortable with the sensations of birth. I love that. Now I want to pivot. There's something Mm -hmm. that I've heard so many times and I would love to hear what you think about it. This idea of, well, I don't need a doula. I'm having a home birth with a midwife. Yes. So a doula um, is very different than a midwife. First and foremost, we're a non-medical, we're non-medical care providers. Um, so that being said, we're, we work alongside the midwives, um, meaning that we're kind of there to do some of the legwork and kind of help, you know, reel it back in when things tend to kind of start to get a little bit emotional, get intense. Um, the doula is there to kind of provide, um, some consistency and continuity of care, um, in terms of that aspect, but also a doula is there to help you prepare, right. And kind of teach you good techniques to labor with. Um, they're there to kind of help create a game plan, but also execute that game plan on the actual birthday. Um, they're there to kind of keep a nice steady watch on the situation. And sometimes even, you know, get in contact with your midwife when labor starts. Um, they will oftentimes come during early labor and set up your environment. Um, that being said, I'm going to kind of pivot here. So setting up your environment, what I mean by that is maybe pulling out your, your birth kit, um, maybe, uh, setting up your labor tub, getting the rebozo ready, maybe making some nice warm tea, you know, things like that, really dimming the lights for you so that you and your partner are, all you guys have to do is focus on having a baby. And that's something that I think can so oftentimes get lost in the shuffle, right? Things can feel like they're moving pretty quickly. Sometimes they feel like it's, you know, long and drawn out, but your guys's main role is to have a baby. And so let someone else come in and really support you during that. It's not as, you know, straightforward as, well, I'm just going to, I'm at home. And so I'm going to have this baby. Yes, absolutely. You are, but make sure that you have someone there to help you maximize your space, maximize your teamwork and, and really maximize your, your entire journey. I like that. And And something that I was thinking about as you were speaking is the fact that, yes, a doula is perfect for both types of labors. So you've got the quick labors where everything is kind of almost happening to the birthing person instead of them feeling like they're in control. So a doula is there to give them that control back, to take care of the things on, on the peripheral vision, you know, making sure that they're able to focus on what's going on. And then also for those long drawn out labors, gosh, Azula is so necessary because you don't want your midwife doing super manual labor when they're going to need to be ready for the medical aspects. Yeah. And you know, people forget, but like life continues. So like your partner, they have to eat, they have to take a nap. They have to go pee. Like all of those things like actually still continue to happen. Right. So having a third party person there to be kind of the tag team is really important. Um, I, I believe is really important. 
I think that makes so much sense. And so in your community, you said there is a decent amount of of home birth midwives? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's quite a few, um, which is, is so wonderful to see. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really great. Now, when it comes to having a birth plan for specifically for a home birth, but really just a, a birth plan in general though, um, what do you think constitutes a good one? Yeah. So, um, well, first, you know, I always like to kind of talk about this, especially with home birth um, clients, but, you know, it is such an important space, your home, right? And it's such an, it's such a good tool to have when laboring as well, because it's, it creates comfort. It's your number one space of comfort. That being said, I feel like it can so oftentimes get overlooked, especially with home birth. So I like to make sure and really set up like some think things to think on like, okay, yes, you have this idea of let's say laboring in your living room. That's where your main space is going to be. But I want to take it one step further. So where, where are you thinking? What in this room can we maximize? Is your favorite blanket here? Is your pillow here? Um, are, where are we going to set up the birth tub? Are you going to have a birth tub? Do we have space to utilize a rebozo? So I really like to take time and kind of get to know the space, which I think think is a little bit different than if we were in a hospital, right? We don't have much space to get to know in a hospital. Hence why it's so wonderful to be at home, right? Because we have the space to get to know. And I really find that to be beneficial. I really think that, you know, that is an advantage that we have when laboring at home. And the beauty of that is, let's say you were going to a hospital or you were transferred to a hospital. It doesn't mean that we don't get to know the space at home, right? Because our goal is even if you are planning to go to the hospital is to labor a bit at home. So really getting to know your space is something that I like to take the time to do when working on a birth plan for a home birth. Okay. Um, So do you do that? So quick question going back to your prenatal preparation is that, do you do that in your client's homes typically? Yes. Yes. So when I work with a client, um, we, we typically meet about two, sometimes three times before the birth. Um, and so that kind of preparation would be done during those prenatal visits, um, where we kind of lay it all out. We work on our space. We work on what would create the space to be even more comfortable. We talk about the hormones and how we can boost oxytocin in our space. Um, and how, you know, then kind of, this is again, aside from like the logistics stuff, right. Which is like how to set up a birth tub, all of that kind of stuff. But in terms of like actually diving into a birth plan, um, that is something that I, I really like to make sure that we get taken care of. Um, and then the standard stuff, you know, delayed cord clamping, um, any type of, um, sort of newborn care stuff we like to kind of go over and address. Um, we talk about how to labor, what is your ideal way of coping with surges and and kind of getting used to the waves and what that'll feel like and the sensations of birth and and what where, where your head goes during all of that. We talk about that. You know, I want to be able to really tap into the birthing person so we get to know each other and, and get comfortable with um, with what you're capable of along with what your partner is capable and comfortable doing. And then I kind of plug in accordingly. 
I like that. And so with that birth plan, it sounds like you're doing a good bit of preparation in relation to the hormones that you're wanting to stimulate during that time. Right. Because it's not just oxytocin. We also, you know, because of oxytocin, then the endorphins are released because of the endorphins, melatonin is released. And then prolactin also is released, which is a great hormone um, for breastfeeding. So the immediate um, aftercare of right after birth. Oh, that's so neat. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take you off track of the birth plan though. Oh yeah, Um, no, 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 that was, um, so that is sort of kind of the, in a nutshell, what the birth plan, and of course we work on like, um, a worksheet together so that you, everybody is really feeling informed. All of their, you know, preferences, birth preferences are laid out in front of them. It's kind of a good, they're good talking points. Um, you know, I so oftentimes will hand out this worksheet and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of this. And it's like, perfect. That is exactly what the point of this worksheet is for. So they fill out their worksheet, um, which so often, you know, this is pretty standard for doulas. So most doulas will help you kind of, um, you know, create a birth plan and or create birth preferences, um, in which, you know, the family feels comfortable with. So after that, then they hand it all back to me and then I will type it out onto a one page document, um, for them to just have and reference for their midwives, for, um, any sort of guests, you know, we work on a guest list. So people who are going to be coming in and out, um, we talk about phone trees. We talk about all of that in terms of the birth plan itself. So it's kind of a broad, a broad question. Um, but there are quite a few little aspects to the birth plan that we definitely prepare for in the prenatal stages. I love that. And do you talk about the potential for if, you know, you did end up having to transport what that would look like? Yes. So we talk, and I always like to kind of, that's always kind of a tricky conversation to have, Yeah. especially after you talk, you know, and we were preparing and we're so invested in this home birth, but it is always a conversation that I like to make sure that I have and what that would look like and what we can replicate. So what can we replicate at the hospital? I always like to make sure that people are aware of, you know, the fact that birth is unpredictable and that goes for you know, all kinds of birth, whether that's a home birth, a scheduled C-section, a hospital, a natural hospital birth, like there are always going to be a plan B, a plan C, and typically a plan D that I like to really spell out for people, which kind of falls into the bracket again of like, I don't want anybody to feel blindsided. So right. we really, it is my goal to normalize all types of birth and to really normalize what that might look like um, and what kind of emotions might be brought up from, you know, transferring from home to hospital and what that might feel like, um, what I want them to be thinking of. We might tap into some vis- visualization um, on the ride to the hospital, and then I will typically go ahead of them so that then I can get right in, you know, get into a room and kind of try and and establish some of the comfort levels that we had back at home. That's amazing. Kind of taking the home to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And kind of replicating that in any way that we can, whether that, and that's kind of why I like to also have some of these tangible importances that we talk about. So like, what is your favorite playlist? Because I can replicate that. I can replicate that in the car. I can replicate that in a hospital room. I can replicate that in the waiting room. So let's really have our hospital. So I still have like their hospital bag packed, but in terms of like, what is, what would you need to be 
packed for your ride to the hospital. So chances are you're going to be feeling pretty defeated if you're on the way to the hospital. Do you have a favorite blanket? Is there a shirt you can change into? Do you have essential oils that you would like to smell on the way? How about a playlist? Maybe, you know, would you like to call your mom on the way there? Like we have all of that kind of planned out so that we can really make that process as smooth and as safe as possible. I love that. And I think that it really brings confidence and comfort to the the person that's having to go through that in, sure. in what could be a difficult situation. Absolutely. Because I mean, essentially you could have the perfect birth, right? You could, you could go, you could have to be transferred to the hospital and still have a vaginal natural, you know, non-medicated birth in the hospital. But what you're stuck on is that terrifying drive that you had to make from, you know, transferring from your home to the hospital. And I don't want that to be what you're stuck on, um, in terms of a healthy and happy birth. I want to make sure that the entire process is covered and that you're feeling safe and supported throughout it. That is so wonderful. Now, I would love to talk about some of your favorite tricks of the trade. What do you do? You know, positioning, encouraging progress, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, Yes, absolutely. Um, I could talk about this all day. So tricks of the trade, you know, I, I always recommend, you know, stay up, stay moving, um, let gravity work with you. Um, we'll often do hip circles. Um, I use a birthing ball a lot. I use counter pressure, um, during surges, which really help to kind of create, um, space in the pelvis, um, and helps baby descend. Um, we all have somebody, you know, one of my, actually one of my favorite tricks is to sit on the toilet with your knees spread. Um, and what that does is really open up your pelvis for baby's head to engage in the birth canal. So that is like one of my, that is a crowd pleaser for sure. Um, <laughs> I you never like, know how much you love that toilet. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I'm like, just sit in there for another five minutes. Watch. Um, so that's a good party trick for sure. Um, I like to utilize the the rebozo a lot. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a wonderful tool. Um, I I like to use essential oils as um, you know for for mood and for for nausea when nausea is happening. Um, and or for when pushing happens, I like to use a little bit of citrus, um, just to kind of smell and kind of rejuvenate you and get you back in, in position, um, to, to have a baby. Um, I like to eat and drink as, as directed. Um, if you are not utilizing an epidural, that's what you wouldn't be in a home birth, but that is, um, a wonderful thing to make sure that you're staying nourished and hydrated. Um, hydration is really a huge, huge key in, in having a successful labor. So that's something that I like to utilize a lot. Um, and in terms of stretching and and positioning, um, it kind of depends on the person. Um, so that's a little bit trickier for me to, to dive into, but, um, like I said, the hip circles, the swaying is really nice. I really like to do like slow dancing with partners um, because that's something that we can utilize for a couple different things. So the touching and the loving and having your partner hold you close is going to really boost that oxytocin. Um, and we can 
also kind of help with the melatonin um, on that too. If we dim the lights and kind of put on some quiet music and and create that rhythmic, that rhythmic movement is really going to kind of help with a surge um, in terms of comfort, but also boost that oxytocin and melatonin, which in turn is going to boost those endorphins, which is, is the beauty, beautiful thing about birth is those endorphins. We love those. So keep it all, all up and, and up and moving. That's great. Now, you mentioned the rebozo a few times. I actually did have the rebozo at my birth, but I would love for you to kind of explain that and mention to my audience how you use that. Sure. So um, the rebozo is a piece of fabric um, that typically has a little bit of give to it. I highly recommend, um, you know, if you making sure that your doula has a proper rebozo. I know sometimes people will just utilize a sheet or, or a scarf, but really supporting, supporting, um, those and the authentic rebozos is something I'm pretty passionate about. Um, but you are able to really utilize those in so many ways. Um, I, one of my favorite techniques is to actually wrap it around your hips with a, a tight knot, um, at the center. So kind of lower below your belly. Um, and then I'll stick a wooden spoon in the knot so that mom can really crank and kind of turn the wooden spoon. I'm hope Ooh. I'm kind of explaining this correctly. Yeah, no, great yeah, visualization. So that it really will get tight on the hips, which is wonderful during a surge. So you can really kind of crank that as tight as you want. Um, and it's going to, it's going to replicate the counter pressure, um, technique, which is, is really wonderful and feels really nice. Um, and it also, again, it is going to kind of create that space in your pelvis and, and allow, um, some of the pressure to be taken off your lower back. So that's a really cool one. one. Yeah. And I like to kind of show that one too, because, um, the birthing person can do it themselves. So that's kind of something that, you know, they can get into the rhythm for themselves and, and really kind of be able to crank that as the surge builds and, as you know, I'm sure as you know, surges build and they peak and they come back down. So being able to kind of um, do that yourself is helpful, but it's also great for the the partner can reach right in and and crank it for you. That is so neat. What are some other ways that you use it? Um, I do a lot of sifting. So that's a good one, um, which is where you put the rebozo around the lower back and then you have the two, you know, um, ends coming out so that you can kind of slowly shift the, the, the person in almost like a hammock, um, which is, you know, promotes relaxation and, and feels really nice as well. Um, sometimes I'll even use the rebozo to like cover somebody's eyes. If I can feel that they're kind of getting a little bit, um, overwhelmed, that's a really good one. Um, and, or, um, I'll tie a knot at the end and throw it over a door and close the door so that they're able to really kind of hang and, and be suspended and, you know, not in thin air, but kind of, um, so that they can kind of create that swinging momentum which feels really nice during, during a wave. I agree. Those, the last two that you mentioned are actually what I used, um, in my birth with my daughter who was, even though I had seen a chiropractor, she was just very ill positioned in my hip. Mm -hmm. And after a night of labor with, you know, contractions that were not building appropriately, my midwife sifted my belly. So she was really able to help get my daughter into that correct position and, and over the pelvic opening. Oh my goodness. I bet that felt magical, huh? 
Oh, it did. It's it's just so beautiful to be supported in that way. And I actually leaned against a birth ball while she did that, which was a kind of cool way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I would love to hear more about your postpartum doula work. Could you explain what you do? Yeah. So my postpartum doula work is, um, it is obviously following the birth and I usually will, I work mainly with birth clients that I have, I have done, I've attended their birth. So a lot of the postpartum outlet or the postpartum outlet of it all is really kind of going and processing the birth with the, with the couple. Um, I do take notes during, during a birth. So having, we kind of go over those because sometimes time can, can get lost during birth. Right. So having somebody who just kind of was able to take notes and kind of, um, reference those notes and really help them process. Um, but then aside from that sort of thing, you know, I'm there to support parents in that initial transition. So depending on whether it's nighttime support and or daytime support. We will go over newborn care. Um, oftentimes I will come, um, on the day that clients are coming home to kind of help make sure that they're situated when they get home, make sure there's some yummy soup on the stove for them when they get there. Um, make sure that they're feeling comfortable with their first night, night and day home. Um, we'll talk about bathing. Sometimes I'll go and, and help them with the first bath. Um, we'll go over swaddling and, um, newborn, you know, appearance and what that, what that would look like. And, and sort of, um, I do help with breastfeeding. Um, although it is not my number, you know, it's not my specialty, but I can help with the initial breastfeeding, um, you know, techniques and latching and and positioning. So we go over all of that. Um, sometimes I'm just there to like make a meal and, um, wash bottles and, or help, you know, clean a breast pump or explain how to latch again. Sometimes that's just kind of what I'm there for. I'm like a third, a third party again, to really help execute the, the postpartum period. Yeah. And sometimes it's nice for the mothers just to have someone there. Totally, totally. And have someone who has gone through this with them, right? So we've worked in the prenatal stages. Now we've worked in the birth and now we're working in that postpartum space. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's crazy, but like, um, I'll have, you know, people will say, well, I had my mom come and I literally cried the entire time, not because like they were crying because they were sad, but they were just completely emotional which is so normal and mom is emotional and the whole bit, right. And having someone come in who is like that third party, oftentimes the mindset is different, right? They're able to really ask the questions that they have and they're, they're able to kind of let go in a different way. It's just a little bit of a different, um, dynamic. Oh, that absolutely makes sense. So what do you recommend to your clients actually prenatally, to do to prepare for that initial post postpartum experience. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, we go over tons. So I, I work with a postpartum care plan, um, which is similar to a birth plan, but it kind of, um, it, it's for the postpartum period, obviously. And we talk about, you know, things that would really be helpful. So, um, let's see, what is your, what does your support network look like? Is that your mom, your sister, the lady next door? What days are they planning on coming by? You know, um, how long are people staying? 
Um, what kind of food is prepared? Do you have freezer meals prepped? Do you have a crock pot? Um, do you have some sort of mommy meal train and, or, um, what is, what does that look like for you? And these are all, they sound so, you know, kind of silly, like, well, duh, I'm going to have dinner. And it's like, no, but really, where is the dinner coming from? Is it already in your, is it in your freezer ready to go? We really try and kind of make things as convenient, um, as possible, but also really kind of making sure that you're being taken care of in terms of like, I don't want constant takeout, right? I want to make sure that you guys are, are really nourishing and healing in the ways that, um, you need to be. Yep. That's perfect. And the idea of making sure that they have consistent care so that they can lie in so that the mom can be in bed with the baby, learning to breastfeed and learning this new life. Yes. 100%. And like, do you have other children who's taking care of them? Who's going to pick them up? You know, who's going to throw in a load of laundry for you? I like to really kind of plan that out for people. And obviously, you know, you can't plan out every load of laundry, but at the same time, like if someone's coming by, like let them know like, Hey, when you get here, can you just throw that in really quickly? Or can you throw that? Can you take the clothes out of the dryer for me and just bring them over here? I'll fold them while I'm sitting here, but just really getting comfortable, comfortable and normalizing the postpartum period because it's, it is overwhelming and it's so beautiful, but it's also something that I want people to be equally prepared for. Yes. It's, it's also often overlooked. Yes, 100%. And so I think that really, you know, and and normalizing the support aspect of it, like, no, I am going to have somebody stopping by, you know, every other day to make sure to help me feed the cat and to do this and to, you know, empty my dishwasher, like all of that is normal. Um, You just had a baby. So accept the support, accept, um, you know, be grateful, but also know that it, it, it is needed and it's okay to ask for that support and it's okay to prep meals ahead of time. And it's okay to, um, you know, let someone set up a meal train for you. It's okay to let someone set up a phone tree and not have to answer text messages and emails. And, you know, we live in such a time where social media and emails and we're so tied to our phone, like it's okay to put that down. It's okay to have someone else be responsible for that right now. Um, your main job is just to be in bed with your sweet, preferably skin to skin, (laughs) um, with your, your sweet new addition. That is such great advice. Well, now Molly, I would love to ask you what kind of books and other recommendations do you have for people that have maybe just found out that they're pregnant or or just generally in that prenatal time? Um, so I definitely recommend that you take anybody takes a childbirth ed class. I I do. I think that it's good just to have it all laid out for you. Um, You know, you can take them either in a hospital setting, but also, you know, there are tons of childbirth educators out there um, who I'm sure you don't have to take it in a hospital setting is what I'm getting at. Um, I highly recommend The Birth Partner um, by Penny Simkin. I don't know if you're familiar, but that book was absolutely such a game changer for me in terms of learning how to support a person during labor. Um, it It's really cool the way that it's set up. They kind of like tell you what the birthing person might be experiencing. Um, and then in terms of like what you should be kind of looking for. So I really think that that was, um, a helpful, a helpful tool in terms of book wise. Um, I highly recommend Rachel Yellen for any type of hypnosis 
and hypnobirthing, um, you know, realms. Um, she does a wonderful relaxation track, um, that is just absolutely fabulous to have playing and it, it kind of breaks it down. I'm not, I'm not really doing, I'm not really, how do I say this? Explaining it well, but you guys should definitely check her out. She has multiple tracks that you can, um, look into in terms of like the prenatal support during birth and afterwards, um, which I really highly recommend. And there's also a, um, discount code on my babe portal, um, which I can make, you know, accessible for, for all listeners, for you guys too. Um, so that's another really good one that I, I highly recommend. Um, another thing is to start working on your visualization. Um, what gives you power, get some photos of those ready and, um, make sure that you're putting good and nutritious things in your body and that your partner is doing the same. Again, I kind of relate back to that marathon preparation and what are some things that you would do to prepare for a marathon, right? You want to make sure you've got the good, the good clothes. You want to make sure that you're feeling comfortable. You want to make sure that you're feeling good in your body and, um, that, that you're ready to, to take this on. Oh, those are such incredible recommendations. I love that. Awesome. Now, I would love for you to give my listeners your information because I know that after they hear this podcast, they are going to want to know as much about you as they possibly can. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, so my website is www.doulame.com. Doulame is D-O-U-L-A-M-E-E. So two E's at the end, dot com. Um, you can purchase a... Um, you know, your, your password into the babe portal on my website. You can also find me on Instagram at doula me, um, and, or, um, on Facebook as well. We have a doula me LLC Facebook group that you are more than welcome to tap into as well. Awesome. Molly, I cannot thank you enough for uh, having this interview with me. I think it was just so useful and you are obviously so knowledgeable. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yes. Yes. And I got to tell you, I would love to have you back on at some point. We could talk more about postpartum. There's so many things we could talk about. Absolutely. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it, it was so special. I really appreciate it.